Hello, everybody, and welcome to Soccer Rangers in Space, where we focus on conventions, cosplay, and Patrick Swayze movies. Hello, I'm Robert. I'll be your Rubblepedia for the evening. Hi, I'm Tom and Black Ranger. I'm Tom. I'm Cole. I'm Shut up, Fabio. <laughs> I'm John, I'm the Silver Ranger. And we might be drunk after our E3 podcast. I'm not entirely sure. Well, All I know is that I was drunk on sleep after that. Oh yeah. Drunk boy. on sleep. Drunk <coughs> on sleep. So you've had too much how I made it possible. You've had too much sleep and thus were drunk upon it. Well, Trust me, I had agonized for a week. I'm high on video game announcements. <laughs> That's a good thing to be high on. That's a respectable high. They can't drug test you on that. You're right. I yeah. can keep my job and everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they haven't right figured out how to detect it yet. Nope. And, not yet. and John's intoxicated on video game playthroughs? Gameplay? No, lore. John's, uh, lore. lore. I need more lore. I need more lore. Gotta bump that lore. He's just waiting for Elden Ring so we can just go and lose track of humanity for the next two weeks so we can go and decipher every last little bit of lore. I have mm. to know everything. Just shoot that lore up intravenously. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Take that lore and stick it up your butt. What are we Whoa. talking about today, Rob? <laughs> uh, well, I, 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 originally I thought we were going to talk about the great waifu debate, but after the off-the-butt comment, I feel like we should go and distance ourselves from those sweet, pure, innocent creatures. Uh, and maybe move on to something uh, a little bit more up our alley. Uh, the Joanne Fabric Isle, I think, maybe. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite alley. Not yep. the alley where I buy my video games, but yeah. the alley where I buy my fabric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we were having a discussion off podcast about... And we've talked about this a little bit before as well in different ways and at different times about how cosplay has changed in multiple ways. But the thing that's still blowing my mind more than anything is just the accessibility and the industry that has popped up around it. You know, we talked about Yaya Han's fabrics. We've talked about all the places online that you can buy costumes. The What must be thousands of sweatshops, or maybe it's just thousands of websites and just one sweatshop making all the stuff out of China. Uh all the stuff on Thingiverse that's available for printing or my mini or my mini factory. There is so much stuff that has changed, and it's just so weird for somebody that's been in it as long as me that remembers when the idea of thick cardboard and duct tape was one of the only real valid options to do some really crazy props that were out there. Now there's almost not an excuse to not have a certain level of quality because accessibility is so good. Uh, just the other day, I was over at Joann's and yeah, they, they, McCall's has introduced a cosplay uh, pattern line. Uh, you got the stuff from Simplicity that's out. They do costuming or they do costumes and cosplay specific stuff now. Uh, Yaya Han's got her fabric and now I see Yaya Han is peddling EVA foam at Joann's too. <laughs> That kind of blew my freaking mind. It's funny, too, because foam started out as what people were using 
because it was just so cheap. It was mm-hmm. just the most random thing. And it used to be, uh, really? Foam? You know, when yeah. everybody was making the transition away from cardboard and paper mache. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's weird, too, because, like, I remember before everybody realized that EVA was, like, the thing to go to, there were all these debates over what's the best way to do this stuff as we walked away. Because there was uh, cardboard, paper mache, and then people started coming up with ways to use camping mat foam and covering it in different things to go and give it a smooth finish. And it's like, okay, that's great for large-scale stuff, but it has no rigidity to it. There's no way of locking it. Then eventually people found EVA. It's it's fascinating. Yeah. No, my first armor build was uh, I made paper clay out mm-hmm. of uh, joint compound. And that was like some high level shit for the time. Uh, mm-hmm. I made black rose from dot hack and I used paper clay, joint compound, newspaper, glue and water, maybe flour. I don't remember. And I just had straight up joint compound on the outer because you could smooth it with a sponge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it like chipped throughout the day. I still have that costume, even though it's like chipped and crappy, and I don't think I'll wear it again. <laughs> and it's just amazing how much smoother stuff. You know, that was my second costume I made, or third. Uh, and I just made my first Sintra build. You know, and I've done some stuff with foam, not really large scale. It's just crazy how much has changed. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't want to monopolize this conversation here, but. I don't know. I'm trying to think here. Who, who? I know out of this group that I've been in this the longest, but who's next closest to me? Is that John or probably John or Amy? 2012. Um, I did some really serious Halloween costuming, but my mm-hmm. first con was Kamori Con in 2012. And John, you were what? 2009? 2008. 2008. Oh, okay, I was a year off. There. So I think it's John then. Yeah. I don't know when Tyler started. Um, I'm trying to think. Actually, what was it? No, uh, like when I started cosplaying. Yeah. Halloween would doesn't count. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, it would have been, uh, because we went to SakuraCon for conventions in 2001. Eleven. A 2011. Not 2001. 2011. That's a big difference. <laughs> um, that is a big difference. Uh, oh, yeah. There's a weird transition because it was basically I converted from my kind of like hobby things was like during uh, my teen years was uh, um, marching band stuff. And then it was like a weird transition. Like at the end of marching band, you kind of age out around 18 and then kind of finding the next thing to get into. And I think that kind of was cosplay. So first convention, I'm going to say, was 2011. But I had a costume before that that I was making a Keyblade for the year before. So maybe 2009, 2010 is like where it was. It wasn't like a solid, I'm going to start cosplaying now. This is my first time. It was sort of always doing making things. And then I sort of like slipped in through it gradiently. So, yeah, around and there. I followed, and I followed it up a pretty a little bit afterwards. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. That was your idea to go to a convention. So, yeah. Well, Cole's the one to blame. 
Yeah, he's he's the reason we went to SakuraCon. He was just like, hey, we got can we can we should go to a convention. And I was like, fuck, sure, why not? I haven't done that before. I knew I knew about him. So that's the thing is like it was a thing that I knew about. We didn't have any really around our area. Is it so I didn't that like was, just, Yeah. Yeah. We didn't have any in our city or in our area. So we couldn't just like go to one. We had if we wanted to go to one, we physically had to like travel. And, and like I, I hadn't even realized that there was any in Calgary at the time. So that's why I was like, well, <clears throat> I've heard about this one in Seattle. It's apparently really good. Yeah. The biggest so one on the West Coast. So let's go there. Yeah, it was fucking random. So, yeah. Uh, so, long story short, 2009, 2010? I'm going to say 2010. A comfortable 2010. Wow, so actually, I guess I'm the baby. But I don't I, feel like it. It's been well, like you're the most accomplished of us all, <laughs> so you shouldn't. <laughs> I don't know about accomplished. I do make a lot of things, though, because I don't really take breaks between projects. I generally have at least one or seven projects going on at any given time. <laughs> at least one or seven. <laughs> so. No, that's honest. So, okay. So actually, the, this is not that far out of range. So I'm, I'm going to ask more to John and Tyler here based on the circumstances. Just, I, I guess I almost need to ask how, actually, no, Tyler gave the answer on there already. It's like when you started doing your Keyblade, mm -hmm. what was your entire thought process with that? Like, do you remember that far back? I know that as time changes, you refine your process and you find different things, but um, thought process wise, yeah. Like, how how were you planning on doing that? Because that's the thing that I think about has changed more than anything. Because when I was designing stuff, it was okay. What do I use as my base? How do I layer on top of that? How do I finish, detail, embellish? How do I fill? Figuring out all of that stuff with the limited stuff that was out there at the time. You know, the cardboard, duct tape, clays. It, I got into it a little bit sooner than a lot of people just getting hardware tools and being able to do bigger props out of things like MDF and wood. So I was a little bit ahead of a lot of people but not by a massive amount. Yeah. But it was all very much, if you wanted to do something that was large scale and prop, like it was a lot of home Depot for me in the 2000 and you know, four 2006 period of time. That was the most that I could come up with. And then, yeah, you mostly had to do stuff yourself or go and hope that somebody was selling an outfit from Japan. Hmm. No. Uh, well, all I can think of, uh, this goes back to, again, literally, I think if I could draw uh, like a, a definite start point, it would be my first Keyblade. A mm -hmm. uh, Keyblade that I made, and it was it was basically, I, I uh, saw a Sora costume, and I bought the Sora costume and made the wig, and it was like, because I really liked Kingdom Hearts, and having a Keyblade would be one of the awesome things, and then making a Keyblade was a very overwhelming daunting task and it took me for how long it took me compared to all the other ones it was it was the longest one to make so far um and that was the first one and it was basically i just i wanted to have one physically and it, it i took uh 
I don't know. I just looked up what I could find and cosplay was sort of a thing and people making things. Uh, and also I grew up, grew up making things as a child. And it was just, that was just something kind of ingrained, not even ingrained, but that was just something that was just naturally in me to make things. I was like, ever since I could start taking things apart, I, I started taking them apart. And I started like painting them and customizing them and putting them back together and making something for something. So I had always been making things. So I just had that kind of mechanical uh, idea of like how to put something together already just naturally in me. So where to get materials. We always had a garage and my parents were, uh, my dad was really into mechanics and he was rebuilding cars. So the idea of like, oh, this thing's broken or you're trying to make something, you can just go find your parts and construct the thing you're trying to make. So making a keyblade was like not outside my realm of possibilities. It was like, oh, I could just make one because you can't find them anywhere. They're not existent on the internet. You can't just search through and go, where do I buy a thing? It's just like the idea of that existing wasn't there i've talked about this before yeah. uh but it is yeah it, it was very daunting of like my thought process i just i looked and saw just scoured the internet at the time to find out where or what or if that's even a possibility if someone's already made one i did come across someone who did make one uh and they just made it out of plywood they just cut it out of plywood and then any extruding parts that will suck out of the plywood they just made with clay. So I just sort of followed that. And yeah, I just kind of hacked my way through of like getting the picture, scaling it to what I needed in like a photo program. Cause I was just used to be playing around with photo programs all the time. Uh, and then just like without realizing what I did, I made an outline of the, basically I AutoCADed it in a program that wasn't AutoCAD. That was just a photo program. So I just made an outline then kind of figure out a way so, to like print that off so that I could have it as a physical blueprint. And then that like, it was always like I'd hit a stump and then I like stop, think about it, go away from it, come back and then figure out my problem and then come back and fix it and do the thing I needed to do. So that that's where it like kept adding time and time. And then I printed all the things off. I had the blueprints, I printed it together. And just the sheer fact of like the, uh, euphoric the dopamine that i hit from just making a blueprint from this thing that i felt was so daunting was enough for me to just put it on my wall and that was already giving me the dopamine hit so that also became a wall all of a sudden where like i put all this effort in this one thing i've got my blueprint i put it i pinned it up on my wall and i just stood there and like put my hand where the hilt was and like oh it's coming and then it just sat on my wall for a long time because i already I felt like I was already physically exhausted from like all the effort I've done just to make it come this far. Dude, you are sending me on a nostalgic trip. That was me with my first gun blade. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's it's so much like, you're, it's the first road you're going down and it feels so long because you're, you're, you're hitting all these first milestones of doing all these things. And so, yeah, I just had that blueprint on my wall for like a month because I was like, I don't want to take it down because I'm already so happy about how much progress I've made just looking at it. Having your having a one-to-one -one scale of a keyblade just mounted on your wall. It's just like, oh, it's so close to being there. And then just from that point, 
I then figure out, oh, I can use carbon paper. I can take that off. I can put on my a piece of plywood, carbon paper it onto that. And then I've got my piece of plywood and then I just go take a jigsaw. And then I just start cutting that out. And then I kept on stopping every time I was cutting up because I had a, I was working in my garage and I had like a light on in there and it had like a big shadow cast. So every time like I actually started taking form, like a roof, a very, very rough shape cut out the hilt part so i had a handle and i was cutting out the keyblade part and i would just like hold it up and i was like oh this is gonna be a keyblade and then i look at my shadow and i would see me standing there with my shadow with a thing that sort of looks like a keyblade and i was just like oh hitting the dopamines again oh just taking me back man yeah yeah <laughs> it was just it so it kept on hitting these kind of weird walls because of like getting these rush of dopamine because i was like oh i've, I've done it I've, i i don't need to work anymore because i'm already on my high so kind of like but then when you I, take a seat during a hike, your body releases all its endorphins and then it's hard to finish the hike. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, that's that kept happening. Like working on my first prop um, and then eventually got it done by like, yeah, just jigsawing. And, and I don't know. I just found someone who did it on you on the Internet somewhere and just kind of followed any lessons that they had to make the thing. And then from there, I got the kind of basic ideas how to make props and I've always been making things like I've also had jobs. This has been a weird downside uh, is like you get this itch to make things. Um, and when I have a job where I am doing manufacturing work, the job itself kind of like fixes that itch. And then I find when I'm working on jobs that give me like manufacturing, I'm not going home and working on things because I've already had that itch scratched. Uh, but then I've had other jobs like it, it's a weird it's a weird balance, though, because then you also have all these other tools that have potential and you get these new ideas that you then work on other crazy things. Because I had another job where I was not working on stuff and I was getting the itch, but I didn't have any tools or anything to work on things. So I was just like, oh, I got to do something. I got to create something. But then. Uh, the job I'm currently at, I'm constantly scratching my head of like all the I'm constantly making things and that fixes that itch. And then all the jobs that I work on aren't just mundane, same thing over and over and over again. They're constantly I get a problem. I've got to kind of think of solutions to make it work. So I'm both doing weird R&D puzzle solving and creating something. So it's definitely fixing that itch. So I just like come home and like oh, I was just making stuff all day. I don't really need to work on cosplay or ideas uh but they've given me ideas so that when i do hit have a like the last costume i worked on which was zenyatta i really really had to uh get a deadline it was like i had a deadline where it was like uh three months and then that get oh i got three months to work on this thing that is now um been uh confirmed for our skits well, I've got to start working on it. I've got a deadline now. I actually have a reason to work on it because I can't just go, oh, that'd be a cool idea and then just putter around and never actually touch it or do anything. Uh, that's a tangent. Where were we? Someone <laughs> you, 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 you pretty much got what I needed out of that. Because, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Holy shit. Because, yeah, that, what, what you used to do was... About going on tangents. Yeah. <laughs> Fair point. I, know, I was, like, thinking, I'm like, I think we were talking about accessibility to cosplay materials yeah no but it, it ties into it because now what tyler just described and what set me back and why i had to just keep listening to it i mean we 
used to have to work very hard to go and accomplish something that by modern standards might not look that great, but it's what we had to do. It was the only way to make it work. Now, unfortunately, what Tyler has described goes for $35 on Amazon. Yeah. No, it's rough, too, especially I, I have more of a sewing perspective. Uh, amazing cosplays used to be costumes, and now amazing cosplays are wearable garments, if that makes sense. Yeah. Everything's lined or finished on the inside or embroidered. You used to have an amazing costume without any of that. I could just hand paint the details on an acrylic paint, and it was amazing. People don't like that anymore. Yeah, they or like a generic patch that was kind of close to it. Uh, I don't know. People are a lot more picky like to be a garment. Yeah, well, and and that is kind of a difference that's happened as well. Because yeah, it used to be that a good costume wasn't necessarily about the technical expertise; it was more the spectacle of it. Right, or it reminded you of that character. Yeah. A lot of cutthroat kitchen. Yeah. And they judge it on, does it taste good? Does it look good? Does it remind me of what it's supposed to be? Yeah. Uh, and because this is a show where they get lots of sabotages and obstacles, it can't always be a literal interpretation of what the meal is. Yeah. And now people want it to be like the picture from the cookbook, like exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, that that is definitely a big change. And in some respects, I feel like it's kind of limited things as well, because now there is just kind of this understood way that you do things. Yeah. And there's not that fun of experimentation anymore. That's the more I thought about it since I've actually been working on costumes again. I, I can't say I'm ever going to be back to what I used to do, but I'm satisfied again in doing cosplay something that I've come to the realization of is that part of my fun when I first got into it was experimenting. Mm -hmm. It was trying new things. It was figuring out the ways to do it. Now, in some respects, it's less interesting because anything I don't know how to do, I can look up a, a tutorial on YouTube, even if it doesn't apply directly to what I'm doing. It's something that I can learn something from, or I can figure out, okay, this is the process that I need to apply to this project. I do that too, unfortunately. Whenever I start a project, I Google character name cosplay tutorials as one of my research steps. Basically at the same time, I'm getting my reference images and I'll Google such, such character cosplay. So I have two sources. I have the original source material. I can view and assume what somebody has done like, oh, uh, I've been doing research on Mount Lady lately. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, those horns are stuffed. This person 3D printed hers, and I can just tell that by looking. And then, or her mask is warble, her mask is foam. Mm -hmm. Three, I can, there's tutorials for just about every cosplay. Even Shigo, I spliced mm -hmm. Zentai suits. I used a Harley Quinn, so there's something similar. So already, I've had to do, in my research phase, which used to be just getting a photo and hoping that there's a view of the back of the costume. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much more information. There's not just pictures of the back of the costume. Some things like Overwatch or uh, like some some games will even let you 360 view it. Mm -hmm. uh, Soul Calibur 4 did that, which was kind of neat when I was, but I like had the game on my TV. Yep. And, oh. like, 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I think we all remember going and taking out our digital cameras and going and taking a photo of something just so we had it available for, you know, off console viewing. Or oh, like, that's you play him uh, and halfway through you notice the back of the costume's different from what you've already been doing and you're like, "Oh wow." <laughs> that's a uh, that's why I would like uh go get like the uh uh figurines and player. I like I Oh yeah. I would go on um figurines were like the one of the best spots to find like back detail cuz you just go on eBay and find a figurine and you might have to buy it, but you could buy it, and then all of a sudden you've got like, oh, that's what her butt looks like. That's what those legs, feet look like. You've got you've got all the thing in the figurines, and you can mm -hmm. hopefully it's accurate enough to just use use that because I I've used that for shoes before, and it's like I have no idea what his shoes look like or what these parts look like. Let me look up some figurines because they've got a 360 view because that's just how they work. But sometimes you gotta go into the more seedier parts of eBay to find said figurines because they're like how many years old. But yeah, you got a fig look at that. Yeah. He's he brought out a figurine and it's it's got everything on it, doesn't it? Yeah, that that's just it. No, that's what I did when I decided I was going to do Squall. Uh they were releasing a bunch of figurines from the first Dissidia game that came out in what was that, 2011, John? 2011. Yeah, so I, I bought one of these, and then it was just about remaking everything about it. Because especially for somebody like me who was cosplaying a lot of stuff from a much lower resolution time period, that was really hard. I mean, even something like Final Fantasy VIII, none of the characters are on model. Every mm. screenshot, every scene that they're in, something is out of proportion on there. There wasn't a lot of uniformity in a lot of things for a long time. Even today, there still isn't a lot of it. Um, I feel sorry for anybody that tries to do anything from Steven Universe, quite honestly. There is no consistency in those art books. Mm. But yeah, this was the easiest thing on the planet because it's like, okay, this is the official modeling design and it's stuck with it since. So yeah, that made things a lot easier, even though it drove me absolutely up the wall trying to a find or b manufacture something like the lion mm. belt buckle which is mm. no way visible in any of the original material stuff all those did it details. <laughs> yep exactly i did it i eventually did it i found a guy <laughs> he made it like that i don't know i still do this but it's because i like not using foam for everything mm -hmm. um I used to more so go to the dollar store and just look for things that were in the similar shape. So like I did a uh, Ryuk from Death Note and I mm -hmm. like grabbed all the skulls I could and I'm like close enough and like that was my belt buckle. Or <laughs> even like there's a uh, plumbing part that looks just like a lightsaber hilt. Mm -hmm. um, I was Queen Frostine from Candyland and I took a fluorescent light tube protector, which is mm -hmm. like a fluorescent light tube shaped piece of plastic and just filled it full of tinsel and uh, fairy lights from mm -hmm. the home gardening section. And I don't know, it was, it was really cool. I was really proud of it. But one of the other preliminary steps to making things for me when I was making anything that was a prop, going up and down the aisles at Home Depot, I worked at Bymart. So anytime we unpacked some of our holiday merchandise, like my uh, staff had Christmas decoration snowflakes on top, like just looking through the things, hot gluing random items together and bam you got a prop like mm -hmm. oh this is kind of the right shape like i know i brought this up before but like the tracer who made mm -hmm. her uh 
trans no what's the tracer thing on her chest chronal oh. accelerator her accelerator out you of... had to say that in wince's voice didn't you i don't know why it just came out that way i wasn't even trying and this her chronal accelerator <laughs> out of uh oven protectors uh yeah. burner those little oven things mm -hmm. holy crap that's so cool yeah. Like, it looked just like mm -hmm. it. And she didn't need to buy a 3D printer. She didn't need to carve it out of foam and dribble it. Like, there's no other tracer like that. And it, that's kind of the nice thing, especially since we're all using 3D, the same 3D files. It's it's interesting because it's a different skill set to copy. Yeah. And it's a valid skill set. No. But also, it... problem solving is another valid skill set. And you still problem solve with instructions. Because there will be problems, but it's it's different than having no having such limited resources. Both yeah, materials that's, that's true. And I remember I, back with a lot of one of my first builds. One of my first costume I did was Travis Touchdown, and when I made that outfit, I actually got a lot of the belts and stuff like that from like Army Surplus. Mm -hmm. Like I was always hitting up Army Surplus for a lot of stuff because that uh, those belts, the um, packs, all that stuff we're just perfect for that kind of thing and yeah. then even sometimes when you made the pouches you didn't even need to make functional pouches you just made a thing that looked like a pouch it yeah. just hung from your belt no you just layer over leather and you call it good I, yeah that used to be acceptable it used to be fine and i still think it is it's just cosplay has changed and we've talked about this plenty i'm not going to go and rehash old material but well, yeah. I mean, too, with more source material, your reference images aren't just reference images from the game. They're references. There's other cosplayers you use as reference. And then that comparison happens, and it's inevitable. Mm -hmm. And it's well, hard. Everyone wants to be good at what they do, and people want to be the best. And um, Wasn't wasn't that a big thing you were looking at when you were doing your uh, Eclu, uh, uh, Hell Scythe? Yeah, the, is this a zombie? I looked at how everyone else did it to try to see if uh, to to either confirm or refute the original plan I had come up with for how to make her armor. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. What do you mean? Um, I don't know. It's just part of it. It's just like also, oh god, that was one uh, when I made the chainsaw from that. That's one of the animes. It focuses on comedy and writing and not art so every reference i saw was completely different uh in the anime itself because just they kept on redrawing things they just kind of sort of drew things similar not the same so mm -hmm. i look at one picture and i go okay let me look at another angle of this picture and I'm just like it's a different chainsaw i'm like well there's some like consistent things in it but the overall shape constantly changes like an amorphous blob and i just <laughs> gotta pick the ones i like the most to make the chainsaw and then that's it is like okay what's the more consistent tones that happens in this and then that's what it's supposed to look like you are literally describing every reason why i hardly cosplay from anime man <laughs> yeah even yeah. character models can be that way it's just like <clears throat> okay how big is this actual element on his chest it's Okay, is it a half of his chest or a third of his chest? Get inconsistent. Sizing's even worse. It's just oh. like I don't even try sizing. I just go. I'm just keep things consistent within the uh, one, within the inches. I'm like, okay, this is this is gonna be 
it looks like it's 12 inches. It's going to be 12 inches. I'm going to keep that consistent mm -hmm. or I scale it to me somehow. Well, like, okay, this is going to be, I don't know how long this is. I'm just going to go to my belly button, which is for me consistently 42 inches. It just goes, if this looks like something that is a medium sword length for me, medium. Yeah. It's 42 inches. Most props I put to that regardless. Yeah. Oh God. Lengths. Lengths do yeah. not. Oh, don't, dude, don't don't get me started. Okay, I'm six foot three. I'm way too wide in some parts of my body and way too narrow in others. Scaling yeah. sucks. Yep. It's not just like um, lesser known animes. Like, is this a zombies a lesser known mm -hmm. kind of shitty anime that I cosplayed from? We <laughs> cosplayed from. Uh, but um, the Fate series is arguably the biggest anime series right now or one of the biggest and i cosplayed mordred and her tabard like in the middle of her slutty marching band uniform outfit uh she has like a piece of cloth and in some iterations it's many small strips of fabric and in some of them it's a solid piece of fabric so it's like even those big budget productions there's inconsistencies oh um, god yes I could say with fate, fate's a weird exception because that's one that is <laughs> that one is the town bicycle where everyone gets the turn uh, because the creator of the fate series, when someone comes up with an like their own fan fiction of it, he goes, yeah, you can totally make that. That's why we have the prim frisia blah, 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 lesbians kissing fate series because it's literally Ilya, the pretty prism Ilya, something like that. Yes, yes, that one. Yes. Uh, it's because if anyone wants to make their own version of the Fate series, the creator is just like, yeah, go ahead. It's it's open to everyone. Even like so. one character within the same series. I'm just talking about Mordred and Fate of Africa, which is on Netflix. So it's it's oh, oh. anime within the series. It's different. Oh, different on her figurine. Yeah. It's different in art. It's different yeah. in the cosplays they well, sell right. online. It's different in how I made it because I speed built it in one day and didn't look at any pictures of the back and just made it up and it's not correct, but that's okay. I can, I can <laughs> brag about it. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's get off of fate because I swear to God, I have tried multiple series to get into this. I've tried to understand it. I just, I don't honestly know where the fuck to begin. And I just, I just, I just watched Gigax trying to understand the Fate series video, and it is both yeah. one of the funniest things that I've ever watched, and also the most depressing thing I've ever watched. Let's make a podcast it, about the Fate series. It's multiple <laughs> timelines. It's just like it's since since there's yeah. so many different ones. It's just you can't. It's I don't know. So this okay, saber and this saber aren't related. No, those two aren't related. What about this one and this one? No, those ones totally aren't. So none of them are related. Well, except for this one and this one. What? Yeah, no, yeah. For every rule, there's some weird exception that makes it different. And you're just like, God damn. Yes. What about these two? They're both in red. Well, is it saber or is it red saber or saber of red? Oh, my. No. <laughs> also, I have two uh, Nero. I have, so I made a swimsuit for Nero. Mm -hmm. And if I choose to accompany it, with pigtails and a weapon, it's Caster Nero. If I choose to accompany it with a white swimsuit cover, it is Saber Nero. So yeah, I've had people asking me to do some character named Gilgamesh, and I don't even know what fuck series he's in. Oh man, Gilgamesh is a solid one. 
Who did you piss off for them to liken you to Gilgamesh? I don't know. <laughs> He's the biggest asshole. He's the golden asshole. Rob. We're talking about fate, and we don't have to be. <laughs> Rob, Rob, I, I would be typecast as Gilgamesh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That that provides some insight. Yeah. Going go. back to armor builds. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you, John. Um, I remember the good old days of making stuff with the sleeping bag padding. That stuff was great. Heck, I still use it for a lot of my stuff. Um, remember that hodgepodge outfit we put together of Death from Soul Eater, and literally all it was was scrap fabric and sleeping bag padding we got stopped by how many people oh my god that we were we were on a like a broadcast in japan yeah no seriously john john basically made himself i was i had to go and help just because it's hard to go and size some types of costumes on yourself we made him this great death outfit and it was just made out of old upholstery foam camping mat padding discounted scrap fabric from joanne fabrics it was just layers of things on top of each other and just built on top of john and don't forget the duct tape and the pool noodles for the shoulders oh right that is how we did that oh shit. but it, but it looks amazing it's still I, I don't know if it still exists but it does looking looking back at some of those pictures that was one of my favorite costumes that I have ever been a part of. And I still kind of hate you because you're the one that came up with the idea for how to do all of it. And it was fun. It was like, that was good. And then I remember probably the bigger one we did was hero man. Remember hero man. That oh, was made yeah. out of entirely out of sleeping bag padding. That, that was a lot of fun, but that was also during that time period where people were just starting to go and experiment in a lot of alternative materials that weren't, right off the shelf at Walmart or Home Depot. That was when the EVA mats started to come into play, which, yes, I know, you've always been able to buy EVA mats at Home Depot, but they're like $30 for four. It's insane on how much they charge for those things. Uh, but yeah, that, that was during a period of time where the idea was you could either go expensive and get something like Wonderflex, which now people go with Sintra or Warbla, depending on what kind of application they need it for, that's become the answer. Uh, so you either went that route and had something that was very expensive, or you went with something like camping mat fat or camping mat padding, and then you would cover over it in something, generally a uh, cheap tight knit fabric or some sort of a uh, vinyl over the top to go and mask it and cover it. And People yeah, don't mask it and cover it, Rob. People just painted it. We just painted it. <laughs> that was the that was the bargain basement option right there. But that was well, also the stuff. Everyone just painted it. You just paint your cardboard. We you didn't even try to hide the edges that were all cardboardy. <laughs> paint it. This was a little bit after that era. Okay. We glued fabric and then we hit it with sprayable rubber. Then we primed it. Then we painted it. Nobody knew about sprayable rubber. We did. What flex seal has been a thing for over a decade now. <laughs> So here's the thing. I don't know. Maybe I have a different viewpoint about this time because I don't use power tools. I still barely use power tools. I don't use a jigsaw still. And like I wasn't that young, but a lot of these people were starting when they were teenagers. Cosplay used to be more, 
I don't know. Still a lot of teenagers do it, but it's more acceptable to be an adult and do it. Um, yeah. I don't know. Well, it, it used to be a niche that especially a lot of teenagers got into initially. Because mm -hmm. it was experimental. It's during that time period where it's like socially acceptable to still do weird things. You haven't hit that point of on where your entire social standing is going to be crushed the second you go and move on to a new phase of your life or something like that. Hmm. Yeah, that used to be the mindset anyway. I don't know how it is these days. I don't know how college students do this. I'm not entirely sure a lot of college students do do this. <laughs> crazy kids. Yeah. <laughs> I don't but, know. So I didn't, I had a sewing machine, which mm -hmm. was more than most people yeah. who, who were doing the hobby. So they would come use mine. We used chicken wire. I used chicken wire in one of my costumes, which is very mm -hmm. cool. Like we would use our parents' tools, but not the power tools. I mm -hmm. don't know. So I think you guys, and then and then you would budget your costume. So like you had such a skimpy budget, you couldn't buy all these extra things. I don't know. And yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even have spray paint. I didn't feel comfortable using spray paint. I just used acrylic paint from a bottle, like Apple Barrel. <laughs> now there's like airbrush machines and all this shit. Like I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm different because I just didn't, it took me a long time to start using mm -hmm. power tools and I still barely do. Yeah. So maybe it's, I just don't like loud noises. Well, part of it's already. comfort level though. And I mean, yeah. even, even today to your point now costuming, at least from the, you know, what makes a great costume perspective in some respects, what we're talking about the spectacle that John and I used to develop, that's less appreciated now. Despite the extra effort and the creativity that went into it, it's not appreciated the same way as what it used to be. And that's kind of a weird thought to think about because in some respects, you starting in a very different direction is actually more appreciated now than what we were doing. That whole experimental period of cosplay, I don't think means as much as what skills you have now or what somebody coming into the cosplay world at this point with the accessibility of tutorials and this general uh this general hive mind concept of what is the definitive way of doing certain elements of cosplay i actually think that if john and i were to be getting into cosplay today and do the same stuff that we did we actually might be shunned by the community on the creative side of things by comparison. Because I know 10 years ago, even if I had heard of EVA floor mats, I, I never would have used them. I never would have taken the time to figure it out. It just would seem like, no, it can't be that simple. You can't just, you can't just have this one material that's like virtually perfect for all these applications and you can manipulate and add to whatever you need to. I don't know if I would be able to appreciate that 10 years ago. Because mm. everything used to require a lot more effort. Or at it least did. it used to feel like, yeah. People speed build armor in a week. Yeah. My first armor took me four months. Mm -hmm. and people still spend months on armor, but. Yeah. It's weird. It's interesting. Yeah. And I guess you can get faster and more proficient when you're using the same skills over and over. Yeah. But I don't know. I like I like that. I I like the quirkiness. It's mm -hmm. hard too. People always want to put others down to feel better about themselves and mm -hmm. the cosplay community is not above that by any means. Nope. 
So truly, you know, if you guys were doing what was a spectacle and showy and showed a lot of ingenuity, just because you were willing to go big with your things, you were willing to, you know, uh, use atypical materials, you were trying to transform materials. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, oh, you did a good job with that foam. It's like, oh, you did a great job. What is that? Yeah, <laughs> that was always the question, wasn't it, John? What is that? It's not cardboard. What could it be? Witchcraft? <laughs> uh, you know, people might call that janky now or make yeah. fun of that, and that's sad. Uh, especially people have different budgets, different... Also, like, it's not a crime to just not want to do it that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. I, I agree with that. There, there is very a very different way. Like you can look up a whole bunch of of uh, tutorials, and it seems to be nothing but Warbla and EVA foam are just like the go to for everything. So you look at someone, they go, "Oh, I use Warbla for this. Oh, I use EVA foam for this," and it is just feels like those are just kind of like how you do it. This is almost on a talk on the level of like the way. Uh, Amy's been talking about it as like a competitive level of like if mm -hmm. you're going to talk to judges, they have a way of they're doing things and either you do it right the way they see it and then you get points for that or you don't. I'm not talking about a judging level. I'm talking about just walking around. There's a correct way to do things now. Yeah. like It feels like, you know, everyone's tutorials are, are basically the same thing. You go, I really appreciate all these books and I don't want to put these people down, but like Zombies Workshop, Kamui cosplay. They have these amazing books. They all say the same thing. I got a humble bundle of cosplay tutorials. They all say the same thing. Heat seal your foam. Da da da. Like I don't know. It's yeah. Well, it's the way. Like and then now there's uh, Warbla at Michaels and foam at Joanne's. It's just perpetuating. Mm -hmm. This is how you cosplay. Yeah. Well, and there's less. There's less experimenting going on. Like I remember some stuff that now seems absolutely batshit crazy and weird that just used to be commonplace i remember um john i think it was your first convention in 2008 that uh you know the, the limited time that we spent together that first year because i was terrible about managing who i was with but remember the menos grande yeah i remember it just guys that had made a menos from bleach standing up into the sky and they had designed this thing where it was just a whole bunch of long black fabric layered over itself. A couple of guys on the inside, collapsible PVC poles on the interior, just walking through doorways, breaking it down, putting it back up the second they get out to the other side of it. And having a speaker built into the top of it that they were going and screaming at people through. Mm -hmm. That was awesome. awesome. <laughs> You don't see very much of that <clears throat> anymore. No. It was insane. It was cool. It was fun. See, nobody does stuff like that anymore. What I miss are the cardboard box Gundams that you would mm -hmm. always see. Or the cardboard box uh, Megazords. You know, yeah. where they don't even paint the Megazords. They just make the outfits out of cardboard boxes. Yeah. I miss that. No, it, it was the fun for the love of cosplay just dumb ideas and just having fun with it. It's not it's not that you couldn't do it now. It's that I don't think that anybody thinks that way anymore. You know, that spark of creativity almost doesn't seem to exist in the community now. 
And that's a shame. There is creativity required with that. Yeah. It's just not problem solving. Yeah. And, you know, there's little problems, but there's not, how do I do this? It's how do I refine this or how do I apply this? Mm-hmm. It's not, how is this done? It's how do I do this? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we know how it's done. Now learn it. And mm-hmm. it, it's it's less, but I don't know. It is nice though. It is nice. People want to feel good. People want their costumes to look clean. People don't want things to nitpick. Mm-hmm. I mean, those things matter. I do. I do want to uh, uh, counterpoint. This is uh, that is part of like a, a kind of evolutional thing of generation to generation. Is there's the foundation of building of like we. Uh, I guess you, Rob, being mm-hmm. so old, uh, <laughs> you founded all these weird rules. But now there is a certain like uh, certain rules to how to make something that you can just find anywhere. And now people don't have to spend as much time learning everything and it is about refining that's like nowadays i can uh there's so much knowledge that uh in a generation society kind of way there's so much knowledge that people just innately know instantly right out the gate that they can then uh evolve and compound on with that and get even further into it you go talk to uh, uh if you like go back in time and talk to someone of like communicating on anything of like basic ideas uh, uh, or advancements of electronics. Um, let's say a hundred years ago, uh, talking about electronics, um, what they know uh, is not even compared to what some people know nowadays of like just knowing, uh, read, uh, like being young and understanding how soldering and transitioning and like wiring something up like, uh, that means like nowadays people can start already with the basic ideas of how to make a costume and then they can like uh, double down on that and then start working on electronical com- uh, combats of it or like uh, finer paintings or sculpting of things. So it's already people have paved the way for them to then walk this pay- this this easier path to then uh, delve and evolve it even further beyond that. And now the question is maybe is there more evolving for cosplay like with the huge uh, vacuum formed costumes or 3D printed costumes that they can add things to with animatronics and things moving? Uh, was that a thing you would have seen in the past or is that not now a uh, more commonplace nowadays because people don't have to figure out all the stepping stone stuff that have been already paved way that they can now uh, take the time to work on crazier things. And, and that is definitely a question. Although the only <sighs> thing, the only thing that really does seem suspect in there is that I don't see a lot of the crazier things. Hmm. Well, like that's, maybe. that's the thing that gets me more than anything else is that the occasionally, I don't know, it, something I noticed particularly between Emerald city comic con this year and soccer con, something that I'm noticing is that a lot of cosplayers are just kind of blending into the crowd. Oh. Because everything has hit this certain point of design, craftsmanship. I don't know. I'm I'm finding fewer and fewer costumes that it's just like, wow, I remember that. The things that stick out in your mind. It's just like, that was something I didn't expect. That was something interesting. 
it's just not the same experience. And maybe this is just something because of my age and because of the amount of time that I've spent in the community that I'm just looking for different things. I'm looking for that uniqueness. I'm looking for the original concepts. Uh, there was a SakuraCon like three years ago that the most interesting costume that I think I saw the entire time was somebody dressed as wild style from the Lego movie. It's just like, you know what? This is clever. You literally just took cardboard. You covered it in automotive vinyl, shaped it around yourself. And it looks great. You look like a Lego figure. I think hmm. your comment clinches it really well. We just mm -hmm. miss with the streamlining of materials the opportunity for people to be clever. Yeah. No, it can I look think... good, but it's it's nice. Clever is what at the end of the day makes you think, makes you say, "Oh wow, I'm yeah. impressed with how they did that." Yeah. That's probably a good place to go and bookend this. Yeah. Because mm. I got nothing else. We went so far off of our original subject. Right. right. And we got kind of so. negative. Uh, it is a good thing that these materials are available. Oh, God, yeah. I love the fact that is. We do love it. I, I We love it. I'll buy it. I'll use it. Yeah, I still think that it has made the cosplay community better. Mm -hmm. I don't think that the introduction of all these products is a bad thing. Far from yeah. it. I love the fact that this is out here. I love when something I love when a company like Joanne's realizes that there is an underserved market and is willing to go and buy into it and make something as successful and other companies go and follow through with it. I love that. The only thing I really don't love is just that. Yeah. Things have changed. Things are, things aren't as interesting as what they used to be, I guess. Yeah. That's, but that's there will always think. be people who bring the ingenuity. That's just it. And I, I'm creative community. Yeah. And I'm actually kind of looking forward to what comes next because we've gone through the golden age. We've gone through kind of the experimental period uh, of everything with developing cosplay. Now I think we are largely in, you know, to relate to comic books. I think we're in the silver age. I think that we are in a time period where everybody has figured out what works what is commercially viable and everybody's just going along. It's good. It's fun. It's still interesting, but it wasn't the most original time period. There was a lot of copying. There was a lot of mimicry going on. I'm looking forward to the next phase. I'm looking forward to the bronze age where we start experimenting again, where we move beyond what has been and start finding we, we we need in cosplay we need to go and find our anti-heroes or our more complex villains <laughs> <laughs> we we don't have that right now we need to find our shadows of the hedgehogs yeah right <laughs> Edgy boys. exactly right now we're the super friends okay i'm waiting for batman the animated series uh, <laughs> on that note, thank you all for listening. You can hear us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Spotify. Yes. This is all the places, the way the yeah, internet we're, works. We're pretty much everywhere. Anything that accepts an RSS feed, we're on now. Which we, is believe, we believe in our fans. 
Yeah, I, I don't even need to go and put things onto half these places anymore. If I just go and upload it to our hosting service, it just ends up everywhere. I have Power no idea what last FM is, is, but it's our second highest listening volume. Yeah, <laughs> the beauty of our efforts. Like a highly infectious disease. We are Ooh. that highly infectious disease. Peace. Thank you, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Or good afternoon. Okay. <laughs>